Hello everyone and welcome to the Saria Dev Show, Engineering IRL, where I take you through the engineering mindset and show you how to apply it to real life. Now, today we're going to start with a question. So question, okay, question. Firstly, um, I'm going to give you a scenario. There's a train, okay, we have a fast moving train going along a train track. All right, unstoppable, it's just full speed ahead of the going. And unfortunately, on this line, further down the line, there are 12 people tied to the train tracks. They will die. This train's gonna hit them. Now, luckily, you're there, and there's a lever, okay? And there's a lever which switches the train to go to another track, another set of tracks, okay? So the train's going straight. <clears throat> it can hit um, the 12 people tied to the track, but prior to that, there's a lever which switches the train tracks. And luckily, you you are there to switch the tracks. But here's the thing. On, once, if you do switch the tracks a tiny bit further up, there are three people tied to the second set of tracks. Okay, there are three people tied to the second set of tracks. Meaning, if you switch it, the train will move to the second set of tracks and those three people will die instead of the 12 people. Okay? So you as the listener, imagine that, okay? Imagine it, put yourself behind this lever and the train's on this way. And the question to you is, do you switch the lever? There are only two tracks. Don't cop it out and, and think about it. Oh, but don't give me no excuses. You can choose to switch it or keep it, okay? Switch the tracks or keep it. Which one do you do and why? All right, I'm gonna leave that one there for a little bit, sizzle a little bit, and we'll, we'll unpack that question a little bit later towards the end. But we're gonna get right into today's episode. Today's episode is correlation versus causation. Correlation versus causation. <clears throat> Now, this one's actually a pretty important topic because as you know, in uh, episode two, when we're talking about the uh, 10 steps to problem solving, step one, what's step one? Step one is to identify, identify the problem. And it's funny for each of those 10 steps, there's a few of them that really could have their own chapter, book, whatever. And identifying the steps is one of them. Identifying the problem is one of them. And that's because so many times, typically, people are solving the wrong, they're not asking the right question. Now have comfort in the fact that basically, there's, there are, uh, there's always an answer. There's always an answer. The harder part, the harder part is not finding the answer. The harder part is asking the right question. Okay? And one, one thing that that needs to go into actually understanding your question. And when you rephrase your question, is understanding correlation versus causation. So, <clears throat> let me uh, break that down a little bit. Causation, okay? What, what is the cause and, and therefore effect? What's the cause and effect of something happening? Right, when you think of something occurring, you try to understand what is the direct cause. Okay. For example, 
you could be driving, you could be going to a location, okay? And on the way, on the way to that locate, you have a, you have a, you have an appointment, okay? You have an appointment at three, um, on your commute, on your way to that appointment at three, there is a, um, there is a, a, a slight delay on, uh, on the bus. Some lady struggled to get out of the bus, okay? And that caused the bus to be late by a minute. You get to your final location late and say, well, uh, there was a problem on the bus. Is that the real cause? Or is the cause maybe that you didn't leave early enough? Or maybe that's not the only cause, or maybe, you know, like, maybe that's a combination of things. Right? Maybe you're already late, regardless of this late. Maybe you're 10 minutes late, and this caused a one-minute delay. <clears throat> let's go further, let's go further. So, okay, what's correlation? Correlation is, is when you find uh, similarities in uh, two events occurring. So... Uh, every time my favorite team plays on Sundays in an away game, they win. Every time. Every time I wear my favorite underwear this way around, my favorite team wins. If I don't wear my lucky underwear, my team loses. Correlation. That's a correlation or a causation. It's not like they're about to win the game and you go, oh, switch my underwear and that team loses randomly out of nowhere. But it could be correlation. Like, maybe what you choose to wear, like, maybe it's pure chance, or maybe there's an actual deeper cause. Maybe you are in the same area, or maybe every time you you wear your lucky underwear, it's when you're watching at home, and so therefore, um, you're more likely to be watching a, an, an away game. You said that the, the team wins away games when you're wearing underwear at home, well, you're less likely to be at the game and therefore wearing your lucky underwear when they're playing an away game. When they're playing a home game, you're in town, you can watch. You probably watch it live. Things like this. This is where you try to understand correlation versus causation. Now, in the past, and it, correlation is important. And correlation is important for identifying the problem. Because from certain correlations, you can infer a supposed cause, or it could be enough to, to mitigate the correlation because it has the effect, the desired effect that you want, but it may not be the underlying cause. Um, you can find out a lot of examples for these correlation versus causation, but it's e the easiest example is to go with superstitious type of thought, thinking because you may find a correlation to every time this happens, this happens. But it may not be the cause, the root cause. I'm harping on this because it's actually pretty important and it's very, very easily uh, overlooked. Like. Think about all the times you know someone is complaining about some sort of problem that they're having. And they describe all the symptoms. And when I do these eight things, this happens. And they stay there. That's what they're trying to resolve. Okay? You're stuck on the problem. 
in a certain way because they're not actually asking the right question. Now, if you think about what I talked about before in uh, that problem-solving episode, we talk about how sometimes all you want to do is uh, trigger things. We're talking about when nothing has worked. Now, you've done all your proper steps, you've exhausted all options, you fully understand the problem, but it's still not working, so you start trying things that don't make sense. What I was talking about in that step, and to expand that, so that's now step two, is what, uh, well, the secret step is when you try all these random things, you may cause. Remember, I was talking about how correlations are two events that seem to occur at the same time. You may cause something else. Maybe another problem comes up when you when you do things a certain way, and that problem correlates with the frequency of your original problem, the first issue that you're having. Okay, you've now gone through this process of doing random things and another problem comes up with a similar frequency or similar behavior to the first problem that you had, the original problem. Now you go, okay, there's a correlation. There's a correlation, but that doesn't mean this random event that you've now, um, that you've now triggered, resolving that will resolve the first problem, but, so, so removing that may not be the problem, but what happens is you can work back from that correlated event and potentially find something related to your root cause. Get you a step closer to finding your root cause. And that's why it's important to trigger these correlations. It's when it's like you're getting desperate. So <laughs> you're trying to you're trying to reverse engineer from these other correlations, from these other things that happen. So there's that this there's another example. You have Someone did research in the US back in the days that correlates strong correlation, okay, between the amount of ice cream that was consumed and crime rate. The amount of ice cream that was consumed and crime rate in a city. Oh my god, amazing. This is such a strong correlation. Every time it's uh, uh, there's more ice cream being consumed by the public. In the city, crime is higher. Every time there's less consumption of ice cream, crime is lower. So what does a smart decision maker do? Remove all ice cream from the city. Genius. We have an initiative backed by data with a strong correlation. We can solve crime. We can reduce it by reducing ice cream. Ice cream being sold in the city. We don't know exactly why, but we know there's a correlation, so that is what we're going to address. Lo and behold, get what do you think happened? We removed the ice cream. What happened to crime? It stayed. It stayed. It's not like ice cream is a fuel for criminals to be like, you know what? I need extra ice cream today to complete my criminal activity. It doesn't happen. This is a true story, okay? This happened. This correlation was real. This happened. But maybe there was a deeper cause. Let's think a little bit. Let's think a little bit. Think about when humans are more likely to be out and about. Let's, we're going straight to the weather here. I'm, I'm not even gonna make, make you think. We're going straight to the weather, summer or winter. 
Which one? Summer. Interesting. And that's because there's more people about, maybe? Cool, summer. People aren't as winter going in for, like, in their homes. They want to go out. So, summer. Cool. What do you think about the sales of ice cream during summer versus winter? Exactly. I don't know if you got that or not, but ice cream in summer sells more. Crime goes up more because people there are more people out in the city in summer. That was what the correlation is. That was the cause of this correlation. Right? Great, so the answer is remove summer. Well, we know we can't do that. And we know that's not, again, the root cause of crime itself. But we have a strong correlation, cool. All right, you understand now? You're starting to understand this correlation versus causation. You may be problem solving uh, things that are correlated. It's like uh, having a medical condition and solving the symptoms instead of the actual ailment. Right? You grow old, your hair goes gray. You know how I sort out old age? Dye my hair dark again. Dye my hair blonde again. Whatever color your hair is, dye it that color. This didn't solve your aging, okay? You might think it did. <laughs> we still do it, it still looks younger, but did you actually re- reduce your age physically? The answer is no, the answer is no, okay? <clears throat> so let me start bringing this, uh, reeling this in a little bit. We know now what cause, causality uh, versus correlation is. We know that we've been finding correlation in our lives. If you have problems in your lives, you search for every correlation you can because it's an excuse to resolve those little things because they're easier than solving the root cause. It's easier to solve the correlation. It's easier to dye your hair. Okay, I don't have good health. What do I do? Well, I could... uh, paint some abs on it doesn't solve your health it might make you feel better you know you put some extra makeup on or something sure but you can exercise and eat better that's the answer <laughs> okay now a lot of companies and a lot of engineering solutions they create big engineering concoctions based on solving a problem that's correlated to the actual issue. I mean, the marketing works. Here's a correlation that everyone can relate to. Also, our product is part of that correlation. Buy our product and, well, you make the connection. They never directly say, this fixes, this special equipment fixes cancer. No. There's a rise. There's a reduction in the percentage of people that use this product in cancer. You do the dots. You connect the dots, right? But it doesn't have a cause and effect relationship. Otherwise, they would straight up say, this cures cancer. Okay, so when you're problem solving, correlations are good to dig up and find, but you don't get caught up in something that just ends up being some sort of correlation to your main problem. Okay, as an engineer, this is everyone in general though you must understand uh, this concept and then apply it it's so easy to forget 
so easy to get caught up. If you do that and you keep that in mind, you will find yourself finding, asking better questions, re-identifying questions better. What is the actual information in front of me? Maybe you think I make an assumption, what are my assumptions that I've made that are just based on correlations and work backwards from there. All right, with that being said, let's, let's uh, change things up. Let's go back to our question, the train tracks. I know that's been on your mind. Do I pull the lever? What are the implications? I mean, if I let the people die and I had the power, those 12 people, I had the power to change it and I didn't save them and I could switch it. But if I switch it, I kill three people, but three, killing three people would be less bad than killing 12 people. Really, would it? What if in that group of three people, one of them, you knew them as a friend, okay? Not an enemy. What if it was your family member on the group of three? Does that change the equation? What if the president was one of the group of 12? What if the Pope was one of the group of three? What if we change the equation, right? What if there's two dogs and two cats on each track? What if you say, you know what? If I leave it, then the situation happened with or without me. I didn't do the action. Whereas even if you decided to switch it and kill three people instead, you were the one that switched it. Did you kill three people? All right. What's the cause? Did you kill someone? Did you kill 12 people or did you kill three people? Let's ask that question now. Okay, what, what is the problem? Why did these people have tracks? Why couldn't the train stop? Why isn't there a third emergency switching lane? Are those the answers? Is it the engineers that created the train? Is it the train driver who didn't see it? Is it the people that got tied up? Is it the kidnapper that wanted to kill them who tied them to the track? Is it crime itself? Is it ice cream? That's the real cause of all of this situation in the first place. This is actually how you have to think as an engineer. You might go, no, you don't. You're not killing anyone. You're just engineer. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. You design, you make a design to solve a problem, a train switching solution. And you put in a computer algorithm. Does it switch or does it not? Someone's made a decision on putting that there. Forget the person. You have now made in a, a control. You've designed in a control that switches based on inputs. Okay. The decision to be made was already made in your designed solution. Already been made. And so you have to expand and think further your bigger impact. Maybe your decision is on uh, that impacts the environment. It's already been made in your design. You may not think about it. You may not be thinking about down the tracks, but down the tracks is uh, hot showers for all or the end of the world. I mean, <laughs> further, you need to look further down the tracks and you got to think of the end of the tracks. You think of the entire life cycle of your product or your uh, software or your system, and you think of the entire life cycle of the process, who will be using you, put yourself in the actual, be the process and drive through it. Be the train and drive through every scenario. What could be on these tracks? What's going on? What are the options? What have I built in as options? Put it all there. 
think further, understand cause and effect, understand the ethics and the impact that you have as a designer, and you'll be better for it. All right, with that being said, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. I thought it was a nice little twist on uh, having opening with a question of the day. If you like that format, let me know. Um, feedback is always, always, always good. There's a Facebook page open now, Engineering IRL. I think if you search at Engineer IRL, you'll find it. Um, and we're going to open up a Facebook group so discussion can happen on specific episodes. And it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Um, let me know if you uh, if you have any feedback. Subscribe, share it with your friends. If you have any engineering or tech people out there, these are the questions you may or may not have learned. These are the things you think about, and these are the ways you improve. All right. So thanks for listening, and I'll I'll catch you guys at the next podcast.